Welcome to Many Windows, Conversations on Ministry. I'm your podcast host, Julie Taylor, coming to you from Meadville Lombard Theological School in Chicago. I'm speaking today with John Coffey on a time-sensitive topic, the approaching deadlines for federal student loan forgiveness programs, specifically the public service loan forgiveness limited waivers, Deadline for that is coming up October 31st, 2022. In addition, we're going to speak a bit about the new Biden-Harris administration's one-time student loan forgiveness plan. Now, we recorded this podcast on September 16th, 2022, and because things can change rapidly on this topic, I want you to keep in mind all the information is up to date as of the date of the recording, September 16th, 2022. I am so grateful to be having this conversation today and and to be joined by John Coffey, who is the Senior Director of Enrollment Management and Financial Aid here at Meadville Lombard. John, we've had conversations about federal uh, student loans and repayment plans Mm -hmm. before, but today's is very specific. It is a time-sensitive conversation. Give me the rundown. Let's let's get a quick overview of why we need to have this conversation right now. We're recording this on the 16th of September, 2022. Tell me about why we need to talk about this today. Uh, right. Uh, so thanks so much for having me. The the two things that are that are really important for us to talk about today. One we've already talked about, which is the public service loan forgiveness waiver, which mm-hmm. will go really into depth today, talking about like the October thirty first deadline for that waiver and some of the details and common questions that we're getting related to that. Mm-hmm. But then also recently thrown into the mix is the. Uh, one-time student loan debt relief announced by the Biden-Harris administration um, through the student debt relief plan. And that has some similar dates that are being tossed out. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of folks are getting these two things kind of confused because they both have to do with loan forgiveness. And so today we kind of want to talk about these two separate issues and, and try to get to the bottom of these two separate things and parse them out a little bit. Great. All right. Well, let's get started. Let's start with the public service loan forgiveness waiver period that we are in right now that will uh, that will close out, if that's the right term, mm-hmm. uh, on October 31st, 2022, which is coming up. <laughs> right. Talk to me about this. Yes. So, uh, the regular public service loan forgiveness uh, states that if a person is uh, working for a qualified employer, typically a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and they're making uh, loan payments on their federal student loans under an income-driven or uh, an appropriate repayment plan, a qualifying repayment plan, that after 120 payments or t- 10 years, that the balance of their student loans are forgiven. Now, in the past, there has been lots of issues with that, and we've done a, we've done a previous episode on this, and that's a good place to kind of start and talk about uh, some of those uh, historical things. Sure. Um, but until October 31st, there is a waiver in place for some of the things that uh, that previously were 
barriers for people to uh, for people to acquire public service loan forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And that waiver that's in effect until October 31st uh, is waiving some of those requirements and easing some of the requirements. And we can talk more about that in just a minute. Yeah, and particularly because uh, often our audience is religious professionals, there were barriers for religious professionals even to be able to apply. Uh, they got denied over right. and over again in previous times for public service loan forgiveness, but that's one of the things that's being waived right now, which is why it's so important to be tracking this date and getting some of this paperwork in as soon as possible. That's right. Um, so one of the things that comes to mind, particularly with religious professionals, uh, is folks who are working for congregations mm -hmm. or religious communities. Mm -hmm. Because until I believe it was J July of 2021, historically, religious communities and 501c3s that were classified as churches or congregations didn't qualify. Right. And there's a lot of nuance there. And I know that that's, that's an oversimplification of, of what qualified and what didn't. But on those grounds, a lot of the folks that we know, a lot of our listeners who had previously applied for public service loan forgiveness were denied because they did not work for a qualifying employer. And that is one of the things that's changed is those that the qualifying employers now can include some of those entities. And so if you were denied in the past, it's time to <laughs> apply now. That's what the yes. waiver piece is for right now. Yes. And, and time is of the essence because um, as, as right now with the waiver, even if you were previously denied your employment, uh, because it didn't qualify, mm -hmm. you can reapply to have those reconsidered for aid. And chances are that if it's a qualifying employer now, a congregation or a 501c3 classified as a religious community, mm -hmm. uh, you can get retroactive confirmation of those payments that mm -hmm. count towards those 120 qualifying payments. Now, that retroactive piece is only until October 31st, 2022. If you, if you, apply after that, there's, it's unlikely that that previous employment will count if it had gotcha. previously been denied. Gotcha. So whether you were denied in the past for any number, there's lots of different reasons that people were denied in the past, or you just didn't even apply for that because you figured you weren't going to get it anyway, or uh, now is the time. Now is the apply time for to that apply. now. Now is the time to, to, to uh, apply potentially for for that time to, to count. Uh, you've got until the 31st of October, 2022, to, uh, to put that paperwork in and work towards seeing if those will, will be considered this time. Yeah. Right. And, and the thing that I hear from a lot of folks is like, oh, I, you know, I, I don't want to submit something that won't qualify because I'm afraid of getting in trouble or I'm afraid of, mm. you know, these are, these are like tax documents, right? Sure. And they're asking for employment verification. Right. Um, it is an application. It is it is the it is your loan servicer's responsibility. It is the Department of Education's responsibility to determine if your employer qualifies or not. Mm. They'll review your application so that you won't get in trouble right. if you submit an if you submit an application for an employer that you know previously you had been denied for, and then they determine again that you had that you that it didn't qualify. You won't get in trouble for that. The worst they can do is say no. But what you you risk is if you don't certify something and right. it could count, uh, you know, you could lose out on those payments that could count towards that 120, right. um, which could amount to years of loans payments in the future. Right. Um, 
So, so the application is just that, an application. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, so where are we going to find this? I know there's a lot of websites out there and a lot of us have different loan servicers and we did do four podcasts already on some of the details of this, but right now, where should folks go to be looking for this right now on this specific piece, public service loan forgiveness waiver process? Yes. So on this, the advice that I will give is the advice that we've given many other times. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that the information you're getting is coming from student aid gov. Um, so e however you get to this website, it, you want to make sure that where you end up is studentaid.gov. Uh, you can Google public service loan forgiveness. You can uh, go to studentaid.gov slash PSLF for public service loan forgiveness. Um, you can log in to studentaid.gov, which is what I would recommend doing. You can log into studentaid.gov with your uh, uh, federal student aid ID, um, which is the same login and password that you use to submit the FAFSA. And um, uh, if you log into studentaid.gov, right there on your dashboard, over on the right side, there's going to be a link. Uh, if you're on a if you're on a computer, there's going to be a link on the side under Quick Links that says Public Service Loan Forgiveness or PSLF Help Tool, and those are all, you can kind of think of studentaid.gov as like a, a funnel. Wherever you end up, if you follow the links and the frequently asked questions, they do a really good job of directing mm. you where you need to go. Good. But ultimately where you want to end up is the public service loan help, for, uh, public service loan forgiveness help tool, the PSLF help tool. Okay. And that is where I would advise most people to start. Great. Okay. And, and I just want to, I want to, I want to reemphasize here for that, again, uh, logging in so mm -hmm. that you're under your credentials, so that you're, you're finding who actually, who that fought, that connects with your own, uh, um, oh, what's the right word, your own profile, uh, right. right. That that's a, a, an important thing to do too. If you're looking for yes. general stuff, you can find general things too, but log in and, and, follow the follow the links follow the funnel follow the links and we will put those links i'll put those in the show notes so that we've got some of those specifics there right and and the benefit of doing that is that uh if you've had a federal student loan for longer than five minutes you know that they can change servicers i know right. just in the last six months i have a loan that has changed servicers twice yeah um studentaid.gov knows who you're current servicer is and with their instructions they tell you where to submit the form so the benefit okay. one of the cool things about the public service loan forgiveness help tool is that if you fill it out answer all the questions um, it generates a pdf for you to print out and sign and get employer verification mm -hmm. and then that is the document that you need to submit to your employer Great. Yeah, that's that that really is helpful that way because right now that is that's very true. I I'm having similar pieces with one of my servicers is is deciding not to do this anymore and everything's in transition. Mm -hmm. But when I went on I clicked did the same thing myself, went on and went, Oh, okay, well this is where I need to go now. And yeah, the address was there, everything I needed was right there. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I, I want to just, we were talking a little bit earlier about the kinds of things. So some questions, and then we also uh, want to jump to this next topic as well. But um, just a couple of quick questions that may come up for people. What if an employer that they had 
you know, many years ago, uh, mm -hmm. no one is there, records are gone, <laughs> maybe the employer is no longer there. What happens if it's, do you need to have somebody sign that? Do you need a wet signature from somebody in order to be able to even turn the form? And what if you can't find anybody to sign these forms at this point? Like, what do you do? How do you look for some of these employers? Yeah, so that's that's an excellent question. So part of the public, uh, I'm just going to start saying part of the help tool, and we'll just know <laughs> that we're talking about the same thing because public yeah. service loan forgiveness help tool is a mouthful. Yeah. Um, part of the help tool is that uh, they help you search for your employers. Okay. And the way that they do that is by the EIN or the employer mm. identification number. And this is the number that's going to be on a W-2 or on a pay stub. Okay. And you can look up your employer there. So if you can go back and find old pay stubs or old W-2s, mm -hmm. um, you can use that information. Um, and if you are, if you are, you know, you enter when you worked and how much you worked and, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Then when you get ready to, uh, you know, add that employer to your application, there is a checkbox that says um, something to the effect of, you know, can't obtain signature or unable to obtain signature. Okay. Um, and then if you check that box and you submit the form, make sure you get all the other signatures that you can right. for other employers, but you submit that form, then your uh, whoever is reviewing it, whether it's the Department of Education or your loan servicer, they may call you and ask for additional information to verify your employment. So gotcha. they may ask for a copy of an old W-2. They may ask for um, a copy of like an old uh like a pay stub, uh, pay or, stub something. or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So you can you can submit if if your you know previous employer has gone out of business or right. you know there's a whole new staff in the office and they you know don't have anybody that can certify or is comfortable certifying. Right. You can okay. Good. Other ways. Yes. Good. Okay. Great. Yeah. Thank you. That's good. That's good. Just again, just for that peace of mind of mm -hmm. this is so confusing and overwhelming and so many things have changed and what if they don't? So this is great to know. And uh, uh, so submit it anyway, submit it anyway. If you've got that EIN, you've got that employee identification number, uh, use the help tool, follow their funnel, even with those questions with the help tool <laughs> right. and submit it before that October 31st deadline. And, and the uh, Department of Education lo loan servicer, it's at that point, they will follow their own process at this point and ask, contact you if they need to. That's correct. And, right. and, and I, I want to stress that the, the significance, the, the importance of submitting by October 31st, you don't have mm -hmm. to have everything approved and reviewed by, by October 31st. Gotcha. The Department of Education uh, has sent out guidance, and I believe it's also on studentaid.gov, which is run by the Department of Education. Um, they've issued guidance that um, for anybody who submits by that deadline uh, will be reviewed. Now. Right it may take a while for that review to come through. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but, uh, but anybody who submits by that deadline uh, will be, uh, you know, will be counted as part of the waiver. Great. Yes. All right. So uh, is, is there anything else we need to talk about in terms of that public so service loan forgiveness limited waiver for right now, or do we want to move on to this next? Well, Piece. Just one more thing miss? that I'll mention. One yeah. more thing that I'll mention yeah. about the public service loan forgiveness. Um, a lot of people think that they need to have all ten years, or need to think that they qualify for all ten years or all 120 payments before they submit. Um, I'm going through the waiver process, and I certainly don't have ten years. Right. Um, 
So you don't have to have 10 years of payments to take advantage of the waiver. And I'm, I'm going through this process myself because I was working for a church before I was working for Meadville. Mm-hmm. I'm getting that certified as part of the waiver and that will count for future payments. So that will, that will, that will be deducted from the amount of future payments that I have to make. Right. It, um, yeah. It's going toward it. That's starting. It's, it's retroactively building those 120. You made payments, but it didn't qualify at the time. But now the payments that you made now count towards the 120 payments that you need. So uh, I, I think also, so I think if I hear what you're saying, right, it, sometimes it can be confusing and you think, oh, I have to have been paying for the 10 years before I can put in any paperwork and do it all at once. No, you you certify these things as they come. We're, and this is just another way of doing it, but we're looking for retroactive um, certification towards it. Am I saying that right? Am I recapitulating yes. that right? Okay. Yep. Absolutely. Great. Gotcha. And then in terms of a transition to our next topic, um, yes. which so- can be confusing because these are getting <laughs> conflated and the language is similar. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So I, I, I want to make sure that the listeners know that what we have just talked about and, and if you're if you're what we've just talked about is the public service loan forgiveness, PSLF, and that is the language that you want to use if you you know are calling your. If you're calling your loan servicer, if you're calling the Department of Education, if mm-hmm. you're calling the financial aid office at Meadville, that's the language you want to use for that 10 years of qualifying payments, loan forgiveness, special waiver, the PSLF. Gotcha. Um, and that deadline is October 31st, 2022 for that waiver. Gotcha. Um, in contrast, yes. <laughs> what, it, what PSLF is getting... Uh, conflated with right now for a lot of folks is the one-time student loan debt relief that was just announced by the Biden admin- Biden Harris administration under the student debt relief plan. Which right, is a mouthful. <laughs> it is. Um, but so we're distinguishing uh, we're distinguishing the PSLF, the public student loan forgiveness, from this one-time student loan debt relief program that was just announced. All right. So yeah, I mean, and this is the new program, right? This is the new thing. PSLF has been around for a a long time. This is the brand new. It's a one-time piece. This is the, we hear about it, talked about the 10,000 or 10 to 20,000 or up to 10 or up to $20,000 debt relief. So let's talk a little bit about that. How that may, what is that all about? Because it is separate and apart. Right from the PSLF. Yes. So uh, I, sh- I just want to make a quick note here that we are recording this podcast on September 16th, 2022. Yes. And if you've been paying attention to the news at all, you know that this is a very heated political issue of, of student debt. Mm-hmm. So information can change, laws can change, rules mm-hmm. can change. As of work, as of the date that we're recording this, <laughs> this information is accurate. <laughs> yes, very important uh, with this. Very important with this. Correct. And and there again, you want to make sure that uh, you're going to studentaid.gov because it will always have the most up to date information. Right. But uh, basically, for this one time student loan debt relief program, the U.S. Department of Education will provide um, between up to ten to twenty thousand dollars in debt relief. Um, and and you know there's a lot of qualifiers in that statement up to and between. Mm-hmm. So um, for 
folks who received a PAIL grant in undergrad, in undergrad which was a one-time grant, not a student loan, but it was a grant from the government. And let me say just a Pell grant, the federal Pell, P-E-L-L grant, uh, that's what we're talking about, the Pell yes. grant. Yep. Yes, the Pell grant. Uh, if you've ever received a Pell grant, you may qualify for up to $20,000 in debt relief. If you never received a federal Pell grant, you may qualify for up to $10,000 okay. in debt relief. And we say up to because obviously if you owe less than that amount, the government's not going to give you more than the amount that you owe in debt relief. <laughs> right. Um, there's, there's lots of- You're not of getting a tip on top of this, right? You're not getting a- <laughs> Right, yeah. right. Um, although there are some there are some caveats and nuances there that we won't get into but we will we will link uh we will link the information page yes. uh that has some of the frequently asked questions and gets into some of the some of the weeds on on some of those uh some of those nuances good um but where this is getting confusing is that this is so brand new mm -hmm. that there's not a process in place yet for how students or how student borrowers are going to get this debt relief. Ah, okay, yeah. Like, is, right. is it just going to magically disappear from the from you know my loan servicer, where all of a sudden I'm it's ten thousand dollars less or eighteen thousand dollars less, whatever it is, or is there an application process? Do you have to be nominated? I don't know. Is it a <laughs> well the, the process? Yeah. So the guidance of what's going to happen and what this is going to look like is a little nebulous, uh, mm. like a lot of things when they first come out. Um, so on the point of whether it happens automatically, what mm -hmm. the Department of Education has said is they say, we have uh, income and borrowing data on up to 8 million borrowers. And for some of those borrowers, that debt forgiveness will happen automatically. Um, that's their answer. They don't give a straight, like, will it happen automatically? Yes, no answer. So what I'm advising folks is don't count on it to be automatic. Mm. And, the other piece, so this leads into the other piece, is that what they're also announcing is that sometime in early October 2022. And, and uh, that early October, you just, I know we're, we're doing audio, <laughs> you just did air quotes around early October, so exactly roughly <laughs> roughly it could it could be later than that, it could be postponed, you sure. know, it could be, who knows, but sometime in early October, um, through your loan servicer, there is there will be an application process for okay. applying for this uh, one-time debt relief. Um, so that's that's separate, and it's it's a separate thing from public service loan forgiveness. Right. But where people are getting confused is that there's an application mm. and something's happening in October 2022. Sure. Sure. And that's that's what is getting conflated for a lot of folks. Yeah. But. For the one-time student debt relief, um, once the application is available, uh, student borrowers will have until December 31st, 2023, mm. so over, over a year from now. So okay. December 31st, 2023, you will have until then to submit your application. Okay. for this and so i imagine that we will be revisiting this at some point once there's yes. actually a process <laughs> but that's good to know because th it is right. easy to conflate those two october uh language about debt forgiveness is similar so thank you so this yes. um the uh the one-time student loan debt relief as announced by the Biden-Harris administration for the up to 10, 
potentially uh, $20,000 in debt relief. Uh, an application should be coming through your loan servicer mm-hmm. potentially in early October ish. <laughs> right. And, reg- and it would, you know, we're responsible for our own finances, right? right? So it would be, it would behoove us to take responsibility to go on and into those, uh, and, and to fill out that application, turn that in, go into our, uh, our, uh, what would they be called? Profiles, all of that within mm-hmm. those loan servicer pieces to make sure that we're applying for it. Maybe we'll get lucky and be one of the ones that automatically happens with, but just in case, just in uh, case, it's not going to hurt anything to apply for it just to make sure that we, uh, Say hey, yeah, I want it. I, I want part of this. Exactly, exactly. Okay. And I, I will say, just kind of in the meantime, if you mm-hmm. are contacting your loan servicer mm-hmm. um, and you're asking questions about either one of these, just be clear and make sure that the person you're talking with understands which one you're calling mm-hmm. about, because yes. they're getting inundated with tons of questions about all sorts of things right now related to student debt. Right. So um, if you're calling about the public service loan forgiveness waiver, make sure you use all of those words together in that order, public service loan forgiveness waiver. Right. Um, if you're calling about the one-time student loan debt relief, make sure you use all of those words together in that order, oh, one-time student loan debt relief. That's really that, helpful. Yeah, that should cut down on some of the confusion because I have heard stories of folks getting mixed signals because it wasn't exactly clear what they were talking about with their with their loan servicer. Okay, thank you for that. And we'll we'll put the we'll put that specific. That's a dis, a discrete specific website. We'll put that in the show notes as well. All right. Yes, and we'll have we'll have links to to both of these. Great. Yep. Great. All right. Anything else that we need to just note? I know these are. This is kind of big overview. This isn't. This isn't the specifics around any one person's details because right. everybody's everybody's details are going to be a little bit different. So we can't do that all on a podcast. But uh, with the questions, always, 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 as you say, and I'm really glad that you do. Studentaid.gov is mm-hmm. always uh, a first a first stop for for these questions. And then more details. You know, you got. Uh, I know you, you've made yourself available uh, if, mm-hmm. if listeners have questions and wonderings about details that they can let, they can get in touch with you and, and Absolutely. you're, you're, you're a great resource for this. And, and I'm so glad that you're here as our, uh, as our senior director of enrollment management and financial <laughs> aid, because you've, you've got, you've got years of knowledge. And the other thing is you, you make this make sense. <laughs> Which and, I appreciate. And, and it, and it's a mess and you know, it's, it's hard it's hard for me whose job this is to make mm-hmm. sense of it. I, I can only imagine what it's like for folks who have way more important things that they want to worry about and focus on in their lives than, yeah. you know, uh, federal student loans. Well, or then, I mean, that it's, those pieces are important, but you know, like where am I, fi- do I still have a, a, a W2 from, you know, 15 years ago when yeah. I worked for this little congregation for a year or two years and how do I find that? So I think, I think you've, we've, we've got some good, uh, some good forward kind of uh, next moves in terms of, of what folks can, can maybe do on their own. They can get mm-hmm. in touch with all these uh, on these websites, find, find the places, go to that help tool for the PSLF, keep aware and on the, uh, on the, you know, look, watch your emails. And if you don't get anything in, in October, check on the websites for the one-time student 
loan debt relief application that hopefully mm -hmm. will be coming out, uh, studentaid.gov, and uh, I don't know, anything else that we've missed here as we as we give this big overview? Uh, I think for an overview, that's, you know, this is, <laughs> I can I can talk about this till the cows come home, but uh, I, I think for now, this is a this is a, a good place to stop. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you again. Thank you again for bringing, bringing some clarity to a murky and confusing sometimes topic. And like you said, it's kind of fraught and can feel overwhelming and therefore it's easy to put some of this stuff off, but there is a deadline coming October 31st, 2022. Uh, that's a really important date. We, and again, I'm going to say what you have said several times uh, that today we are recording this on the 16th of September 22 and things can change so mm -hmm. always hit studentaid.gov we're giving you this information as we know it as we're aware of it as of today September 16th 2022 uh, but thank you again thank you again for this great conversation it's really illuminating I hope it helps some folks I think it really will and uh you know, yeah. thanks for all the work that you do on behalf of folks looking for some clarity. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I hope I hope this is useful to those folks as well because it it is it is a confusing uh, and uh, uh, demoralizing uh, at yeah. times process. And yeah. I think the the one take home I want folks to know is that uh, you don't have to try and figure these things out alone. Mm -hmm. um, we have folks uh, at Meadville who can talk through it. Even if you're not a Meadville student, we can talk through the general stuff with you about how to apply and, mm -hmm. and what sorts of things. Um, just uh, just give me a call or send me an email. We'll make sure that my contact information is, is in the show notes, but uh, I'm just jcoffee at meadville.edu. Again, jcoffee at meadville.edu. Or uh, my work number is 312-445-9520. Uh, yeah. Well, and this is why really this is a ministry, what you just described, the fact that people don't have to go through this alone. Mm -hmm. There's a community. You have a caring person on the other end of the email or <laughs> right. line that gets this, that really gets this and has a compassionate heart. This is a ministry that you do, and I am grateful for it. So Absolutely. thank you, John. Yes, and thank you. Thank you for this service that you do with your podcast. So thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Many Windows, Conversations on Ministry is a production of Meadville Lombard Theological School. Theme music is Destination by Just Thea. This episode is produced by Julie Taylor. And as always, a special thank you to Tomo Hilbo.